Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Z Dunks NFL. This week I have a guest, Shane Arnold, on. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks, Zach. Really happy to be here. Excited to talk football with you. Haven't been able to do that in a little while. Yeah, man, I'm super stoked for it. Uh, we got a lot of great matchups in Week 14, so a lot to cover for the preview, and uh, I'm pretty excited. There's been a lot of action unfolding, and as the playoff picture you know, clears up, we'll definitely uh, have to crack into it. So uh, right off the bat, let's talk about your team. The Texans are playing the Bears. Uh, how are you thinking this one's going to go down? I mean, I'll try not to throw any bias in here, but I just want to kind of talk about what the Texans have been going through this year. Like, obviously, they just lost Will Fuller after the whole debacle of the offseason. Ever since that fake punt in the second quarter of the Chiefs game, the AFC Championship game last year, it's all been a downhill spiral under Bill O'Brien. But um, it seems the team has uh, faith in itself. Both Romeo Cornell and Watt, J.J. Watt, defended the offense after their uh, seemingly poor performance against the Colts last Sunday. And I'm kind of looking for them to turn it around against this Bears team. This Bears team has lost six straight. Um, Matt Nagy's been on the hot seat. Buster Screen is one of the worst corners in the NFL. You see him getting torched game in and game out. So I'm... Hopeful, but I think the Texans will turn it around this week at Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree. If you watch this Bears offense, they were surprisingly adequate last week. You know, uh, Trubisky picked it up a bit, but I wouldn't expect the consistency uh, in that regard. Additionally, they really don't have the help on the O-line that they need, uh, and Texans really don't either. But Deshaun is just levels above Trubisky in that regard. And even without receivers, Deshaun Watson can still put up MVP-like numbers, so I wouldn't stress too much if you're a Texans fan. Uh, Bears, I, though, what's up? I think that this game will honestly come down to which defensive line is able to bully the other offensive line better because both of these teams struggle so much up front, but their defensive fronts are hit and miss. J.J. Watt against the Lions on Thanksgiving, he looked like he did five years ago when he was healthy back in his defensive player of the year type seasons yeah it is really important because that sets the tone whether it's offense or defense how you win in the trenches affects the second and third level of both of both teams so that's a paramount in this matchup and you talk about uh d-line the bears need akeem hicks to to uh no not akeem hicks uh they need uh uh who they recovered a, a fumble last week from one of their d-linemen and uh I definitely think that they could use more splash plays like that. I mean, they're not going to get to play the Lions all the time. Uh, it was a dogfight because it's a division matchup. Uh, but the Bears, I think, could use some plays from Jalen Johnson. He looks promising this year. Uh, how are they going to sure up that uh, linebacking core? I don't know. I mean, especially, honestly, I have no idea because – like, the way you said with the rest of that defense, that, that linebacking core, the way they run their defense, that 3-4, that linebacking core revolves around Khalil Mack. And with the splash plays, if he's not making those splash plays, they might have to fully rebuild that entire linebacking core. I know they have Roquan Smith. I don't know if they're using him primarily the right way because I see them, him getting bullied in the run game and then getting confused on, like, play action and things like that over the middle where he should be solid. Yeah, and the player that I couldn't – remember was Bilal Nichols that's who made a splash play against the Lions last week he had an interception actually um, so forgive me for that mistake additionally I think that they could use uh, a lot more uh, blitz packages I like uh, I like the personnel that they have honestly I don't think they have a lack of talent I think it's just about coaching at this point and Bears fans definitely well, on want paper, on paper that scheme or whatever they're doing their their packages are not solving the problem all the time they work half the time because the players on the field are skilled enough to be good football player be good instinctive football players but i think the scheme that they're running is it's still vic fangio as their defensive coordinator right yeah i mean the bears have they have the talent that they had um essentially when they were one of the top defenses in the nfl what you're seeing is an almost buffalo bills effect with that defense where they have a lot of the pieces that they had Unfortunately, it's the schemes that are letting the team down. And I know, I know the, the sentiment from uh, the Bears fans out here in Iowa 
is it might be time for both Matt Nagy to go and just to completely tank and rebuild. Like, the offense is the definition of mid. I They need to start scoring more points to even have a chance to back up this defense. So I think it's time for this Bears team to go and start to rebuild now. Yeah, you don't want to see, like, a team, like, reach for mediocrity because at the end of the day, that's going to yield way less progress than if you just tank and start from scratch because at some point you're building off a, a weak foundation so something to think about chicago and we talk about the texans what do they have to do for the future to reestablish dominance i think they need to figure out um and get us get a solid organizational feel under them i feel like the there's been too many like interim parts with Romeo Cornell as the coach. We had Bill O'Brien just step up the GM. Five weeks later, he's gone because of the moves he made. Um, the, the whole organization itself, they need a solid coach, they need a solid GM, and they need a, like a plan. Build around Deshaun Watson and, have, and give him an offensive line to protect him. That's main thing on the field, in my opinion. Deshaun Watson is running for his life. He was sacked the most in the NFL last year and the year before. We might see an Andrew Luck-type effect where he's retiring at 30 because he can't move anymore. Yeah, you'd, you'd hate to see, especially with uh, Houdini uh, behind pocket. Um, and uh, it's, it's unfortunate. But talk about uh, unfortunate. Uh, the Cardinals, who have been trending in, in the wrong direction lately, are playing the uh, division-leading New York Giants. Uh, do you like them in this matchup? I love the Giants in this matchup. I think it's two teams going in the opposite direction. As you said, the Cardinals have lost their last three. They've lost four of their last five. They're currently sitting outside the NFC playoff picture, and the Giants have won the last four in a row, even without Daniel Jones, Blake Martinez, and Saquon Barkley. I don't know how you can't root for the G-men right here. Like... The fact that they've turned their season around, what did they start, 1-5? and five? I know they started 0-3, and, and they're in the worst division in football. I think they have a chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, it's them or Washington at this point, and both of them, It's the reason they're winning is defense. The Giants are actually 31st in total offense, and, and with Colt McCoy, it's not getting much better. But that defense, Leonard Williams had three sacks against Russell Wilson in that Seahawks elite offense. And he has eight and a half on the season. And then Blake Martinez leads the league in tackling. And then you have James Bradbury out on an island playing. I think he's the best corner in the NFL. I've said it before and I'll say it again. James Bradbury is absolute lockdown. I don't know if I can go that far. J.C. Johnson in New England's having a great year as well. But I, I know that this Giants defense has been falling out. And this week with them at home, I think defense wins games. And the Cardinals don't – that's where their issues lie. Like their defensive issues, they've, they're allowing, I think I saw, four more points per game on average than just the Giants alone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up the stats here for the, for the game, what the predictions are. And I know they've got some injuries both sides of the ball. Um, but let's just see here. Yeah, the, the Cardinals' offense are allowing almost 380 yards per game. Their average rush yards allowed 125. Even with Wayne Gallman, that, that Giants O-line, I think, is underrated and can still move bodies and create some lanes for those guys to run in. I mean, yeah, at one point in time, they had three rookies playing. They had uh, their fourth-round selection, Andrew Thomas, Shane Lemieux, and then uh, additionally, they had Matt Pert playing, the rookie out of Connecticut. Uh, the Giants, the G-Men, as you call them, uh, have a lot of young, talented pieces. I mean, I think Evan Ingram embodies what New York is. Uh, they're raw, they're young, they can make really exciting plays. Um, they just need that consistency. So I think that Joe Judge needs to usher in a new discipline and a new wave of culture and hey understand just because new york has been a dog shit a dog shit you know sports town regarding football the last few years it doesn't have to stay that way i think the giants go into this game with a big decision on their hands like i know that the nfc east is terrible but you mentioned earlier with the bears a striving for mediocrity is it worth it to push these last four games I know the Giants could, or yeah, is it la yeah, last four. The Giants could end up 9-7 and seven to win the division, but they probably have no chance of winning against the NFC teams. Yeah, it's do, on. It's, do it's, they go yeah. out of their way to continue and try? I think they do because um, at home here against the Cardinals, I feel like that's a winnable game. They can go to 6-7. and seven. They continue to play um, competitively against Washington. 
they still had division on their line, so I don't think it's time for them to like change the culture and rebuild just yet because the that playoff chance is still up for grabs. Oh, I wasn't talking about changing the culture. I'm talking about establishing the culture they're forming. Uh, it's the same concept of a team that has like a flash in the pan season. Uh, you want to find out what you're doing right and carry that into next season because uh, are we sure that New York will show up you know, year in and year out and, and have a good defense and be productive? I think, New, I think New York is there like in terms of talent-wise, but like you said before, they're, they're so raw, they do need that discipline to be able to be consistent. That's the main thing the Giants are missing right now. If they figure that out, especially in the near future, they could be dangerous. Yeah, and that's that's my point. You reiterate exactly what I was trying to uh, explain in that regard. Like, I think they have the pieces, they just need that culture change to really fully implement a new wave. And looking at the Giants' upcoming schedule, after this game against the Cardinals, they play the Browns, the Ravens, and they play the Cowboys to end off the season. I think looking at that schedule, knowing where you are in the division, going 2-2, two and two, going anything less than 2-2 two and two in these next four games for them is unacceptable. Like, they have to win against the Cardinals and the Cowboys and maybe sneak one against the other two. Then you can say, okay, I think we won the division. We're the best team. Um, other than that, I think they're playing. They're still playing for their lives right now. Um, so they come out firing here and win at home against the Cardinals. Yeah, um, and let's talk about the Cardinals on the other end. Uh, Kyler Murray has not been what he was in the mid of the middle of the season, and um, I wonder if uh, DeAndre Hopkins is almost pressuring him to throw the ball more than he needs to be, almost like. Uh, a selfish DeAndre player. DeAndre Hopkins thing. is not, I know this from a fantasy point of view, DeAndre Hopkins is not getting the production that he is. He hasn't scored a touchdown in four weeks. Um, he's sitting around 50 to 70 yards per game. I know last week he played Jalen Ramsey, but he's starting to get locked down a little bit. So, so do you think, do you think... that's taking away from Murray's explosiveness is not having that big weapon. Now he doesn't know um, who he's going to throw to. Uh, I did see that Larry Fitzgerald could be back this week being activated, so that could bring another veteran presence, keep Murray under control, keep him disciplined, keep him hitting the open receivers. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, M Murray uh, loves force-feeding uh, D-Hop, especially early on in the season. Uh, but as it's progressed, he needs to work on going through his progressions as a quarterback and not just scrambling. And you've seen defenses are starting to become aware of what they want to do. Uh, we'll see what Cliff Kingsbury uh, adjusts to moving forward. Um, but moving to that, that defensive side of the ball, I like the playmakers they have. I mean, Marcus Golden made a nice play last week, and they have Buda Baker, and they have some Byron Murphy, some young pieces. I just wonder what's what's missing on this defense to take it to that next level. I mean, I'm looking at their injury report, and I know I see Demonte Pico um, and Jalen Thompson and Jordan Phillips all on the uh, injured list. I think that defense is just a bit banged up, and I think the playmakers, there's a discrepancy in age because you go from Patrick Peterson to your new rookie, Isaiah Simmons, that we thought was going to be a, a guaranteed first-round hit, like defensive playmaker by week five and he he's there but i don't know if he's making those explosive game-changing plays yet and that's what those the cardinals defense is based around like they're just not there yet yeah is however it, yeah, they do I, seem yeah. to be trending in the wrong direction because it looked like last last week in the first half that was the worst half of football that the cardinals have played under cliff, cliff kingsbury their offensive production was atrocious i don't think they even broke a hundred yards in the first half i think they said it's 72 yards in the first half so something needs to change on the offensive side of the ball i don't know if the scheme wasn't working the plan with the game plan wasn't working what happened there but that needs to change going forward for the cardinals it's it's weird to me because they have a lot of complementary pieces they have andy isabella christian kirk uh dan arnold's a promising tight end uh and they have two dual-threat running backs who are good at pass-catching and running the ball, and Kenyon Drake and, and Chase Edmonds. I'm not sure. Uh, they're underutilizing the talent around them for sure, uh, but it's just odd to me that they're struggling when I don't know what switch flipped because when you said DeAndre Hopkins started like getting 
uh, more attention. It seems his offense started slowing down around that time. I agree. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, slowing down. You don't want to slow down. And speaking of uh, the breaks being out, the Chiefs are just a runaway train going uh, full speed ahead to the playoffs. They're playing uh, Tua and the Dolphins this week. What are we looking forward to in this matchup? I just don't know how any team in the NFL can stop this Chiefs offense. They're absolutely loaded, firing on all cylinders. However, last week in uh, in Denver, they did seem to run into a little bit of problems. They only put up 22 points. However, it could have been more than that. I don't know how Tyreek Hill does not sell that catch that they had last week. At least pretend, look at the board, something that you might have caught that ball, because that's seven points off the board. That's a big momentum play right there. The and then the two guys in the Chiefs' video room that aren't challenging that, that might be the Chiefs' only weakness right now, but that is not good from your inner personnel. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's an interesting perspective, looking at uh, some of the higher-ups and seeing who's making uh, some of those decisions that the players do not control during the game, which is a huge facet because it all incorporates into the result of the game. Uh, you talk about Travis Kelsey, Pat Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Nicole Hardman. Uh, they have Eric Fisher. He's a first overall pick on that O-line. This Sammy team, Watkins. Yeah, Sammy Watkins. Like, I could go on and on. Yeah, it's it's like an NBA salary cap team almost. I don't know how they brought Golden State to Kansas City in football, um, but I'm pretty impressed at, at what Andy Reid's done. And, and Andy Reid. If you look at his coaching tree, it's in yeah, hats, off, hats off to Andy Reid. I feel like, especially after the 04 Super Bowl when he was with the Eagles and Donovan McNabb, he felt like that season was wasted. And the, the city of Philadelphia never really looked at him in the same light. I thought he was a bum coach, just this fat, tubby guy who doesn't really know football. <laughs> fat fuck. Him out and he's kind of like made a new life for himself, new career in Kansas City. Well, he was never bad in Philly. I don't. Uh, he got a lot of flack in Philly, but the Eagles were always in the playoffs, and people thought that wasn't good enough. Philly fans who throw snowballs at Santa, you know, they're real classy people. Uh, they they don't they don't appreciate you know what they had. And then his coaching tree uh, disciples, you talk about Matt Nagy, Doug Peterson, Sean McDermott. I could go on and on. Uh, he has just groomed a royal pedigree of several NFL coaches and his overall record is creeping up into the all-time legendary status. I agree. I agree with you completely. However, let's I want to switch over to the Dolphins. I think this team could be sneaky good against the Chiefs. They're 4 and 1 over their last 5. However, they did lose their one loss was to Denver, so they were um running into kind of bad teams however this is very possibly a playoff matchup with the dolphins at eight and four they're hunting for that afc wild card um and tua is still yet to throw an nfl interception i know he got hurt got benched for uh fitzpatrick but he came back he still has yet to throw an interception however i don't know if they're enough to stop the chiefs yeah and while tua hasn't thrown an interception um and his qb rating is averaging 99 uh, that's okay, but I don't think Dolphins fans want okay considering their offense is in the bottom five of two different total offensive categories. It's really the, the reason the Dolphins have won this season, if you've watched them, is they have a plus seven turnover differential, and their special teams is super opportunistic. The Dolphins are the epitome of finding a way to win. They haven't dominated on offense or defense. They're, very, they're, efficient, they're an efficient team. Their conversions are very good. Their third down conversion is one of the top, I think, top eight in the league as well. So they're in a, a very efficient offense and a very efficient defense. They find ways to take the ball away. They don't give the ball. They don't give the ball to other teams, and then they convert off those turnovers. And you talk about they're efficient. They're third in penalties per game, so that's really good too. They're disciplined, and that that is in big part to Brian Flores, who's from the Belichick coaching tree. I give Brian Flores a lot of credit. I know he was uh, he was with uh, New York. I just think the, the the Jets is so much of a broken organization that I get Adam Gase was not is not a good coach. They need to get rid of him as well. But Brian Flores coming out of there and kind of shaping his own team down here in Miami, I think it's they're look they're looking promising. They're very young, but they're playing well. They're playing disciplined, which is good to see in young players. 
Yeah, you love to see it. And I want to see Tua make that leap to where he is not just game managing as he's been, uh, but where he starts to actually get more comfortable and, and make plays. His dad, you know, he uh, he's Samoan, uh, and his dad has this cool saying, um, every morning the lion wakes up, you know, to chase the gazelle, knowing if I don't catch the gazelle, I'm going to starve today. And the gazelle wakes up every morning thinking, uh, I have to outrun the lion or I'm going to die today. So both extremes, you have to run. So I would say he needs to hit the ground running and start to pick it up. I want to see his potential. And I think that that offense has the weapons to do that. I think they need to develop their offensive line a little bit. Austin Jackson, super raw prospect out of USC. Uh, I haven't really heard from him this year, but that's also as an offensive lineman, that's probably a good thing. You're not really supposed to make headlines. Uh, but with... I know with that running back core, Matt Breida injured, Salvin Ahmed injured as well. They do have the receiving options, though, with Gesicki and Devontae Parker. I really think Devontae Parker is waiting to come into his own. He be at, uh... Yeah, it's – it's um, Devontae Parker has a lot of, of splash plays for sure. Um, it's unfortunate they lost Preston Williams too because he's pretty good. Uh Robert Hunt, their second-round pick, uh, he had some flashes, too. He actually has played for Austin Jackson a lot this season because Jackson's been injured, unfortunately. Um, so while they might be waiting for him to progress, the second-round pick definitely was a hit so far. I feel like they just needed to develop that offensive line. They could be good. However, the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs' defense does enough week in and week out that their offense just takes over the game. Are they the best team in football? Compare them to the Steelers who just lost to Washington. Are they better? Yeah, they're balanced, more balanced. I, I agree. I think they're I think they're more balanced because the Steelers' offense is too mid. Uh, the Steelers' offense is actually twenty sixth, so they're not good at yeah. all. They're they're not good at all. Um, I totally agree with you. You're right there. And uh, a couple moments ago, Shane, your audio cut out, so I'm sorry if I interrupted you. I weren't I wasn't sure if you were done speaking about that. Uh, I was just commenting on. Uh, the the weapons that the dolphins contain and oh yeah i was done okay yeah um so uh we talk about done uh are the vikings done uh they're playing tom brady uh and tampa bay uh what are you thinking about this matchup man this matchup was hard for me to pick a winner because i don't know if i can categorize the vikings in the good team or the bad team because i feel like the bucks Unfortunately for themselves, flipped the script early on in the season. They were manhandling teams like the Saints and the Packers, but now recently they kind of got uh, canceled by the Saints recently, uh, and uh, they got dismantled the uh, Chiefs as well. Tyreek Hill having a nearly historic performance again. So I don't know like where this matchup falls on the road. I feel like the Vikings are playing really scrappy football. They're finding ways to win. However, they just went to OT with the Jaguars last week. <laughs> Eric Kendricks, their middle linebacker, is questionable. And uh, However, a good bright spot for the Vikings right now has been Justin Jefferson. He's fourth fastest ever to 100 yard, or to 1,000 yards. He's having a uh, real highlight rookie season for them. So I really don't know which way this game leans. I like the Bucks at home, and if they, if Tom Brady's great going into the playoffs. He's he's the he's Mr. Clutch, honestly, in my opinion. If the Bucks are looking to run the table, they need to start it this week. I think this is a close, scrappy game, but I like the Bucks at home by a little. Yeah, I mean it's a bull take, and you said the Vikings are scrappy. They they're a tough team to beat, and their record doesn't represent or reflect how they played at points in the season. They started off very poorly and you as a texans fan can relate to this um when you start out in a hole you can get you can catch fire but your record's still gonna look terrible and that's kind of what the the texans and vikings both have found this season i like that they have justin jefferson of course that was uh he's the best receiver in the draft class so far people people were saying uh people were all honestly giving you like three options for the best rookie receiver they're like you want rugs you want judy or you want lamb and I'd say none of the above because I think Claypool's balled out. I think Mims is balling out in New York. 
And then you have, of course, Justin Jefferson, who just broke a thousand. Justin so. Jefferson has blown the doors off his competition right now. He's 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 putting himself in the conversation for low end wide receiver one in terms of the team overall and overall league categorizing, let alone rookies. I think he's at the top of that draft class. No discussion right now. Yeah. So we talk about wide receiver one. Let's go over to the Buccaneers. They they've had issues staying healthy at receiver this season, and Tom Brady has had flashes where he's just on the money like versus Carolina in that second half and then he's had flashes against the Saints defense which is pretty good by the way where they really are kind of stagnant what do you think Bruce Arians needs to establish for this offense to be consistently great the scheme needs to change and I've seen Arians as being incredibly stubborn not working with Tom Brady Tom Brady comes from a system we've all seen the memes we've all seen the videos where he takes the five little dump off that's open every time but the way that the Bucks offense is set up, they're all vertical. It's a completely vertical um, offense. And Tom Brady at 42, 43 years old is not suited to make those throws. Also, you talk about the receiving core staying healthy. Godwin's probably out again this week. He's questionable with an injury. So, I mean, with the combination of being banged up and Tom Brady not being a vertical threat quarterback – I feel like there's a complete disconnect between head coach and quarterback here, and that needs to be fixed. Yeah, I'm going to take a, a quick second to, to go to the Bucks defense. I think this defense needs to play better. Carlton Davis is having a good season, but they have really dropped the ball from how they were playing in the secondary the first half of the season. Uh, I would love to see Devin White start to step up more, and the pass rush needs to start getting after it. I think complimentary football is what the Buccaneers have not had the last couple weeks, and that's where, why. Where has, where has Devin White been? Where has um, Shaq Barrett been? Right. I know Antoine Winfield Jr. for their secondary has been kind of a bright spot. He's been good. Um, I expect him to continue to get better. However, you said with that pack, pass rush, it has been lackluster recently. No, no pressure really coming to the opposing quarterbacks. They're able to pick apart the secondary, and I think that's why you see those issues with that secondary. Is they're talented, but they can't cover guys for ten seconds. The pass rush need to be need to be disruptive and get to the quarterback. It's really odd, you know, like that Shaq Barrett is struggling to get home, and JPP too. Like I don't understand why the the Bucks are struggling in that regard. They have the weapons. It's at this point, it's just. I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for why they're not generating pass rush, and it's trickling down and affecting this entire team. I, I agree. It's almost a trickle-down effect. It doesn't seem like I don't know if everyone's bought in. We've got people on different pages. There just seems to be a little bit of disconnect, but I think it's the small things for the Bucks that if they still if they figure it out, they have the talent on the field, they can go far. Plus, it's Tom Brady. It's really hard. We've seen his track record. It's really hard to bet against him in the playoffs. Yeah, um, to counter that point just a little bit, this is a new system, and it's not built around Brady. It's built around flashy receivers and big plays, um, so that's one thing to look for. Additionally, Bruce Arians is no Bill Belichick, and with Brady and Belichick separating, we always asked who really uh, carried the Otis in that, in that duo, and we're seeing both of them doing worse than they normally would at this point in the season. Not, not saying the Bucks are bad, but, to, yeah. To build off your point, I've seen the, the track record of Arians' first system with talented quarterbacks. It counteracts Brady's playoff uh, track record. It, Arians' record with quarterbacks, even good ones like Carson Palmer, it's not good in the first year. I don't know how much longer Brady has left. He might need to put his foot down with Bruce Arians and say, look, I've got one to two years of this left. I need some help i need the system to change i can't make these throws these throws aren't built around me i don't know it is i feel like it is tom brady as much as you might love or hate the guy from one person to the next he, he is still tom brady and that's the guy you went out and got this offseason kind of stole him from right under the nose of the patriots so i, I think some sacrifices need to be made for him to succeed it's, it's 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 funny you're like you're talking about him like he's the old pet we have to put down next week you're like, we got to make a tough decision, guys. <laughs> I mean, you really, honestly, you have to think about it objectively, though. He's physically probably has two more years as a high-caliber NFL quarterback. He has the mind, and I know his body can't 
smooth the way it used to before, and he can't make some of the throws. His arm strength isn't there. I know it never was really there, but um, it's gone down, and his deep accuracy has struggled this year. You talk about him getting kind of handled by the Saints defense. I think he might have gotten more handled by the Rams defense and, uh, like, where they were forcing him to throw the ball. He couldn't understand the coverages. He couldn't read them at all. Yeah, I mean, Brady's got to go to back to that uh, athletic 5-1-40 time. That's stud. He's such a stud. <laughs> um, talking about studs, let's move on to the Colts and that defense as they take on uh, Derek Carr and uh, the Wonderkin Henry Ruggs-led Raiders coming off uh, an insane win thanks to uh, Greg Williams' incompetence and stupidity. Uh, what, are we, what are we thinking in this matchup? I struggle to read the Raiders, honestly. They go back and forth. They go from beating the Chiefs a few weeks back to the next week losing to Carolina. I know they're 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 pretty banged up. No Josh Jacobs, no Jonathan Abrams. I think they're defensive. They defensively lose out to the Colts. The Colts defense plays well, and the uh, Colts offense seems to be playing at least efficiently with a good defense. Last week, Rivers um, up near 280 yards, only about six incompletions. They are thin at left tackle, so that good offensive line might be falling apart a little bit. But the Raiders, you saw, were on the ropes to the winless Jets last week and needed a miracle to win. So I still think the Colts keep rolling here against the Raiders. Yeah, I don't see the Raiders winning this game. Uh, frankly, I'm a little pissed off that the Ra- at the Raiders. I know it's not their fault that Greg Williams is a complete, like, uh, stupid idiot. But uh, I'm a little salty about how everything went down last week. Uh, they do. Let's talk about weapons. Let's talk about Darren Waller. Uh, he's broke 200 yards in a couple games this season. He, right, right. He's an he's an absolute beast. He's basically a wide receiver that's allowed to play tight end. And you talk about Henry Ruggs. He's got that speed that's always dangerous. What four two seven something insane like that. And uh, Hunter Renfro is actually very underrated as a route runner. So this offense, um, Josh Jacobs, you can't sleep on him. Uh, it's honestly comes down to whether Derek Carr comes out and plays like. Uh, his MVP season a couple of year. Well, he didn't win MVP, but he's at that caliber. Or if he comes out uh, looking like a clown with mascara under his eyes. And I think the reason the Raiders are seven and five and they have a win against the Chiefs is because Derek Carr has been playing good enough this year. I think he needs to take a little bit better of a step, but they're just injured. And that offense runs around Josh Jacobs, and he was eating in the first half of the season. But with him hurt, especially with. Uh, Jonathan Abrams on the back half of that secondary out too. I think it's just the key injuries in certain spots that's keeping the Raiders from being able to go over the hump. Yeah, I, I want to see the Raiders' defense take a step. They got a first rounder in Damon Arnett. He's had a little bit of also a rough. Hurt. Yeah, he's he's had a little bit of a rough go. Um, I want to see uh, the potential there. They they have a lot of young pieces and uh, uh, their record. I don't think the Raiders are a threat if they do make the playoffs. Uh, but additionally, I think they need a little more time. But I like I like what Gruden's building. Um, but let's talk about Frank Reich, like a coach who already has a culture of winning built over the last couple of years. Uh, this, Colts, this Colts team, what do you think the strengths and weaknesses are? I think the strength lies in that defense, and the weakness lies with Phillip Rivers. If he can't get the ball into the receiver's hands, then I think the receivers need to play better as well. I know Michael Pittman's having a pretty good year, but where, where is Hilton? I know he had a good week last week, but he needs to continue to build on that. Um, the running game, I think they need to get to a running back here. The switch between Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines, Taylor had a good week last week. Hines had a good week about three weeks back. It seems to be flip-flop and forth, and no one's really able to establish a hot hand over the course of a couple games. So I think they just need to figure out a few things on offense, continue to let the defense play good defense, uh, take the ball away, not allow offenses to move. Um, I just don't know if there's enough talent on the field to beat teams like the Chiefs or the Steelers in those regards. Like the Steelers, if you compare the defenses, the Steelers versus the Colts, the Steelers are obviously better. I still think the Colts are a little bit better on offense, but the disconnect there, they're too close, and the Steelers' defense beats them out, so the Steelers are just better than the Colts talent-wise as well. Yeah, I'd agree. At, at a point in the season, the Colts were a better defense statistically, uh, but you talk about like big names on the defense. Uh, they have 
uh, Buckner, and they have Darius Leonard, and they have this nice uh, safety Julian Blackman who's really come on strong. Uh, the Colts are no slouch. They really aren't. They can beat anybody, but you saw against the Titans, they kind of got ex- I think the best, the best way to, say, to describe the Colts is solid, but not great. They get the job done, but they won't go above and beyond. The offense still has work to do every time that they come out on the field. Yeah, there's definitely room for improvement, and uh, I don't know if they're a serious contender, like you said. I like what they have built, and there's not uh too many like star players where you're like wow like oh man like he's top five at his position uh maybe buckner but it's interesting that the colts find a way to win with uh what would look like on paper as a pretty average roster i feel like if they especially if they win this week against this bank of raiders team they could be looking at a six seed in the afc um, I'm giving the Dolphins the benefit of the doubt. I think they get in at the five, but the Colts are still playing for that wild card spot. I think the Titans go away and win the division. They're obviously the best team there, but the Colts are still playing for that AFC South and also playing for that wild card spot. So they still have things on the line. I think that they'll put everything in their power towards figuring out those problems. Yeah, uh, they do have issues that they need to account for, and. Uh, they already played the Titans twice, so at this point, they just need to secure who they're playing down the stretch if they want a legit shot at winning the division. And I don't know how dangerous the Colts would be if they were to get into the playoffs. I, It's honestly because they played really well at certain times, and then it's Phillip Rivers. The Packers, who are, in my opinion, are the best team in the AFC. So, you, as you said, you've seen them play well. They have that potential to go above and beyond and go deep in these playoffs but they need everybody to show up yeah and Philip Rivers needs to stop doing dumb shit like uh he it's like he has an aneurysm under center like twice a game like he has an old man stroke while he's playing quarterback like I don't he know move and he panics I think he he's he's done in my, he's looking like Big Ben did two years ago where he would just kind of stand there didn't see anybody open with panic and either throw the ball away or just chuck it yeah, it's it's something to something to look at uh, down the road and and panic. Uh, Washington was panicking a couple weeks ago, but they've strung together I think three wins out of their last four games. As, defense is legit. Chase yeah. Young has been the best prospect in that class. That defensive stand they had in the second quarter against Pittsburgh won in the game last week. And we just saw the Niners get absolutely manhandled by the Bills and get pushed around by Josh Allen, who, to give them the respect, are a good team. And the 49ers are extremely banged up, but I think it's time to panic for the uh, team who was in the Super Bowl last year, and I think Washington's on the prowl. They need to compete with the Giants. I like them in this game. Yeah, when you talk about Washington versus New York, uh, the reason both these teams are leading the NFC East is their defenses. And... Washington has the edge in the defensive department. So I would actually give Washington the edge over all the NFC East teams. And they have, it's funny, Montez Sweat leads the team in sacks, but it's just hard to rack up an insane amount of sacks when you have four other guys with over five sacks vying for sacks. So it's almost like everyone's putting up production, but they're stealing production from each other. So the stats aren't going to show. Everyone's eating on that line. It doesn't matter. If they're getting the if they're getting the disruption, they win games, and winning is paramount in this league still, especially in this COVID league where everybody just – all you need to do is win. The stats this year, in my opinion, are a little bit down. Um, you can kind of disregard some of those like def- overall defensive stats, but if you're winning those games, that's the main thing. Because if you have a complete team, like the, especially with or surall, uh, surrounding that D-line in Washington with Chase Young uh, and Montez Sweat, they're creating the disruption that makes their secondary look better. Their linebacking core needs less time to cover their tight ends out in the flat and over the middle. Um, and then it turns around for the offense, gives them momentum. Have they lost with Alex Smith? Yeah, they, they lost to, um, I think it was New York. Yeah, New York. He threw like three interceptions in the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah, that's right. Was that, was that the first week he came back or the second week he was the, back? He, seemed, he, he, had been, he, had been, back he had been in the game before uh, when Kyle Allen, like, snapped his leg like a twig, uh, and then he started that game. I mean, I think this team's success revolves around Antonio Gibson's health. 
And if he is able to come back and be healthy and be explosive, that opens up the rest of the offense. He's Him and Terry McLaurin are the, are the momentum guys on that offense. If the two of them can take that next step and produce at the big level, look out, this Washington team could be explosive and scary. Uh, yeah, you talk about explosive and scary. Uh, we Scary Terry, of course, is there. Uh, let's talk about uh, an undisclosed receiver named uh, Cam Sims, number 89. Uh, if you watched the Pittsburgh game, there was this guy, Cam Sims, who was yakking and racking all over the place. He was throwing Pittsburgh defenders off. He made a one-handed grab against Cam Sutton. I don't know what happened to this guy. He was a practice squad member a few weeks ago. Broke 100 yards, I think, twice this season. He's really coming on as a nice complimentary piece. And you talk about Logan Thomas at tight end. Uh, Washington is not a high-ranking offense. It reminds me of the, the old Jordan Reed when he used to be with RG3. If you if that uh, uh, Alex Smith-run Washington offense can revolve around an explosive tight end, man, look out. They could be efficient and explosive at the same time. Yeah, and when you have that defense that can generate all that pressure and create uh, takeaways, uh, it's just about capitalizing. And they're pretty solid in the red zone. They're, like, I think top 12. So if they can just if capitalize. the future for Washington, I honestly think that the biggest uh, villain, and it has been recently for them, is themselves. That organization is still falling apart. Their ownership needs to be completely washed, wiped out. They still haven't figured out a new name i think that's the reason they get kind of clowned and uh, are overlooked i get their five and seven but they're starting to figure it out ron rivera is a good coach but the organization who can't even uh put time together to come up with a more creative name than the washington football team <laughs> they're saying they might stick with that because they're not that creative oh come my, on oh my god put some more dedication into your uh your into your team that front office is lazy that's what they are their, their motives are just completely off. They don't they don't revolve around, around winning and creating a good culture. It's about the boys and their money, the good old boys network with the Washington football team. It's it's kind of dis, it's really despicable in my opinion. That and the reason that um, they haven't been motivated to win is because there is no culture. The players know when they come in. You saw that with the whole Trent Williams ordeal. Like all you need to do is read into that a little bit more and understand what the uh what washington's front office has been like for the last five years yeah it's it's not a place that establishes a culture of winning so when they find themselves in competitive uh shape down the stretch which they have not been since rg3 you can tell uh the front office execs are like what? <laughs> they're just like what do we do now like uh we didn't think we'd get this far like plankton like when he uh gets the formula he's like i don't know i didn't think i'd get this far kind of honestly uh so uh, the 49ers, uh, one last uh, note. What are we thinking about uh, some of their playmakers like Brandon Ayuk? I think that he's raw but good. I could see him being a, a decent playmaker, especially if he continues to get bigger and faster. Um, he looks like he has explosive uh, breakaway speed, and also when he comes out of the route, he's like Jefferson. He's a little smaller but a little bit faster, so he's quick out of that route, so quick-breaking routes like slants and ins and outs look out for him there yeah and this guy plays bigger than his size because i think his wingspan uh levels that of megatron actually when he was drafted uh his wingspan is insane so he plays bigger than his size um which is impressive for that uh uh, the last matchup that we're going to cover today is the the steelers coming off a loss uh playing the bills coming off a win what are we thinking about this game this is my game of the week right here. 7 o'clock on Sunday. It doesn't get any better than this. We've got the two two and three, or we've got the, we've got the second and probably third best teams in the AFC going at it, trying to uh, see who's better. Um, the Steelers' offense has their holes, though. They are com- they're the definition of mid. They don't have an A-tier player on that offense. However, with that defense, they kind of get the job done. However, we've seen with uh, the, that Steelers defense, their linebacking core is thin. Devin Bush is hurt. They just lost their backup last week that I can't think of his name right Sp- now. Spillane. Spillane. Yeah, Spillane. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, they lost him as well. It's This literal game is going to be Josh Allen and the Bills offense against the Steelers defense. If, the, if Josh Allen can not turn the ball over, uh, we've seen that's been his biggest weakness. Uh, if he can continue to be efficient, 
Uh, I feel like um, they're the more complete team, and I like the Bills, honestly, in this game over the Steelers. The Steelers just got kind of exposed by the Redskins. The Bills have a good defense. They're 5-1 and one over the last six. I think they're the more complete team here, and they take this one from the Steelers. It's, it's surprising to me uh, that the Bills are actually really good on offense this year considering uh, the moves they made in the offseason. We knew Stefan Dix was a good decision, but I wasn't aware it would be a great decision. Additionally, Cole Beasley's been balling out. He, uh, white boys got hops. Uh, additionally, Gabriel Davis has been a really nice selection, and uh, Moss needs to work on ball security. Uh, the O-line. The only thing the Bills need is a run game. They Ooh, just right. need that run game because Stephon Diggs is a great threat over the top. Josh Allen has an absolute cannon. We've seen him be mobile this year. The only th really thing I think that the Bills need would be maybe sure up the offensive line, make sure they continue to play well, uh, get the running backs to hold on to the damn ball, um, and then just continue to have Josh Allen make good decisions and continue the ball. The Bills defense will pick it up or not pick it up, but they'll they'll pick up the rest of the, the, the slack there for the offense if they continue to produce. Yeah, and this defense hasn't hit expectations yet. A lot of pressure was put on Trey White in the offseason, uh, but he has not been the best corner on this roster. It's been Teron Johnson, their nickelback. Additionally, I think they want to see a lot more production out of their uh, second-string pass rushers. And what I mean by that is the Bills rotate pass rushers uh, from early downs to third and fourth down plays. Uh, they want to see uh, Daryl Johnson come on strong. Uh, AJ Ampanesa, their second rounder from Iowa. You should know him. That's my guy, Ampanesa. Yeah. I know. I feel like he he has a high motor player about sixty percent of the time. We saw that in college. It seemed like his senior year after he already after already knew he was going to get drafted. He kind of looked like he would take plays off, and that's not something you can do in the NFL. I don't know how much he's doing that this year, but his pass rush, I think he just needs to get a little bit bigger and a little bit faster and work on his moves because in college he was able to just outspeed guys and then just bully them through contact. That's not going to work in the NFL where the guys have good, good foot speed. Yeah, and right now he's vying uh, for playing time behind Mario Addison and Jerry Hughes on the edge. So those are two really uh, established pass rushers. And interior, uh, they have Quentin Jefferson and uh, Vernon Butler, who's come on strong. So this Bills defensive line has the pieces. Uh, you would just like to see the production uh, on the back end. And I think the reason we haven't seen the Bills honestly perform to their full capacity is that I don't know if we've seen them be pushed to the edge that much. Honestly, this game, these, this team, all probably 12 of their games, they've won and lost on the offensive side of the football. The defense has been there. It's been above average, but it hasn't been, like, standout, and I don't know if they've really been pressed to do so. And I, don't, I think they kind of need to have a fire lit under them and kind of play for some purpose and say, look, we're up against the, the Chiefs and the Steelers for the AFC and then the Packers and the Saints in the NFC. They're probably all better than us. We need to kind of step it up. And I think they have over the last six. They're 5-1, and one, so they're, they're trending in the right direction. I just think that defense needs to figure it out and the offense continuing to uh, play efficient and play well. That loss? That loss was on the DeAndre Hopkins Hail Mary, where he caught it over three people. So it very well could have been 6-0 and over the last six. Yeah, essentially. But what this defense isn't, isn't doing right now is they're not generating effective pass rush. They don't have that many sacks, and they have the pieces to get sacks. Uh, on the back end, you'd like to see Levi Wallace step up. He was hurt for a little bit, but he came back. Uh, and Micah Hyde... Uh, uh, plays pretty complimentary to Jordan Poyer on that back end. Poyer leads the team in tackles, and uh, that is a reason why the Bills are not good on defense this year. When a safety, yeah, you don't really want your you don't want your strong safety leading the leading the team in the tackles. You want that to be one of your guys up front or your middle linebacker, not your safety. Yeah, because that reflects that people are getting to the second and third level often in that situation. So. And, and it's not like he has a few tackles here and there. The dude has over 100 tackles. Like, that's a lot for a safety. And I, I give him credit for being high-flying and being all over the place, but again, you don't want your safety making that many tackles. He's just not built to do that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's not a good situation. So when they figure that out, uh, the offense has had its shit together, so it's not going to be hard to, to pick up. It's really the defense that needs to step up. 
Uh, and one more thing to say about the Steelers. Uh, I think that uh, they have really nice weapons on offense, um, excellent weapons on offense. And having James Conner back is going to bring back that threat. He's not a he's not elite, but he does uh, present like a, a small threat where he could go for 100 yards like several games of the season. So they're losing that balance in the run game, and now they'll have it back. And I think that's the Steelers' problem. That you you kind of mentioned that James you mentioned that James Conner isn't elite, and I think that's where the Steelers' problems on offense rely. Is they don't have that guy. They have four B-level play, offensive playmakers in James Conner, Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Juju, that can produce, but not really at that high level, and they don't really have that A-tier to S-tier guy that's there for them. I think all of those weapons are kind of B. They're all complementary, and they work, but I don't know if they work well enough. They're not explosive. They can't really move it downfield as well unless they get lucky in the open field. Yeah, it's definitely true. So, Shane, what's one thing you're most excited or looking forward to this week? Honestly, for me, I know it's week 14, and we're looking at the playoff picture, fantasy implications and all that fantasy playoff start this week. I'm just looking to see big plays, but I also think that the the theme for the winners that I have, it's a lot of road teams. So I feel like the themes for this week are teams figuring it out and also teams on the road coming in and kind of being able to assert their dominance and say, all right, we're here for the long haul. If we can continue to win and play like this on the road, we're looking good for the playoffs. So look for, I think, look out for road teams and struggling teams that we expected to be good to hopefully try and figure it out. Because it's the last four weeks, they need to start making a push now. Yeah, this is definitely a prove-it week, and it's a pivotal week down the stretch because what you do in these next two, three weeks cements playoff seeding and those who will be in the playoffs. Uh, the thing that I'm most looking forward to is uh, seeing what that Colts defense will do. They've had some some up-and-down uh, up games this season, uh, but I really think that that unit has the most to prove out of the defenses because I'm sure they're seeing Washington and New York is on the come up. Pittsburgh reclaimed that number one passing defense spot. Uh, I think the Colts are, are tired of being pushed around on defense and they're not going to have it. So I expect them to come out. On a personal note, when you talk about the Steelers, I think I'm going to counteract that. And I think I'm uh, ready to see Josh Allen take that step to be an elite quarterback against the, this good Steelers defense if they didn't come away with a win and he plays well I think he does just that so like what would he have to do to prove um, he's an elite quarterback in your eyes obviously win uh, in my opinion that's obviously paramount top of the priority list game management is big um, I think taking care of the ball, as I've said before, has been one of his weaknesses. If he's able to make good throwing decisions, hit the open guys, and take care of the ball and not give it away, especially against the Steelers' defense that likes to take the ball away, has some high flyers in that secondary, Minka Fitzpatrick, um, that can take the ball away if he's able to not fall into those traps and be efficient. Um, I've, I'm thinking the stat line for him, if he's, if he's playing good, 300 to 350 yards and a handful of and a couple of touchdowns if he does that with maybe one to no interceptions i have a feeling that they win uh because i think that the bills defense is able to handle them and that is able to propel josh allen to elite status in my opinion yeah the kid's got great promise uh and he showed mvp flashes this season and you'd love to see him take that next step uh uh to me, I think this is a, a really tough spot to do it against this Pittsburgh defense. But you said it, like, to be elite, you have to prove it in the tightest moments when your backs are against the wall. You have to prove it. Like, it's the tight moments. think about it, from Buffalo's worst-case scenario, they lose this week, and the Dolphins find a way to beat the Chiefs. They're looking at a tie for the division lead with three weeks to go. Like, Josh Allen needs to be able to take care of business. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, I think I think the Bills are better than the Dolphins though. The Dolphins win. The Dolphins win because they're great at opportunistic football, but the Bills have a better offense and defense than them. Oh, I agree. I still think Josh Allen, as the player he is and as the leader he is, needs to find a way to be able to take it on himself and move into that top level. Yeah, I totally agree. 
Uh, Shane, I want to thank you for being on the show this week and helping me cover week 14. Um, if there's anything you'd like to say, I'm going to wrap the show up. Uh, no, I think I'm good. It was a really good time uh, being able to talk to you about these teams. Looking forward to playoff football here in 2020. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Uh, so thank you guys for listening, and let's get it on for week 14. <laughs>